you are on the line. Live on ESPN 106.7 in Auburn and Fox Sports Central Alabama on 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. Online on Fox Sports 983.com and ESPNAU.com. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7 at Fox Sports Central Alabama. Jacob Goins and Noah Gardner with you on the Friday edition of the show. We've got a guest for hour number one and hour number two. But first, Lance Dahl is joining us in the studio for hour number one. Gentlemen, how are we today? Lance, you take it away, man. How are you? I'm doing all right, man. How are y'all doing? We're doing pretty well. Do we have him on the right mic? Is that the right one? I think we got the wrong mic, Jacob. Lance, how you doing today, man? We just heard the echo. I'm doing all right. <laughs> yeah, you set the board I did. up, man. I got him on the wrong one. I got him on the wrong one. That was on me. That's on me. So Good to have you yeah. here, man. Yeah. Good to have you here. Noah, how are you, man? I'm all right. I feel embarrassed now. <laughs> yep. You set the board up, not me. Yep, I messed up. Hey, we've all been there. So, Lance, we have not had a chance to talk to you since you took a little trip for to cover Auburn, right, and cover Kentucky a little bit as well. Did you get to do that? Yeah, I went to uh, go down to Tampa uh, for a few days, got to watch Auburn lose in the SEC tournament. wasn't fun. And then I got to go to uh, got to go to Greensville, South Carolina, got to watch Auburn beat Jack State. Then I got to watch them get drilled by Miami. That was not fun. I'll, I'll say this, though. Greenville was absolutely phenomenal. Like, the food, the people, the Michigan State-Duke game was really, really fun. I mean, everything about it was was. Uh, overall a great experience and while Auburn obviously did not come away with a victory against Miami you know I was I was just glad to be there it was fun it's a shame though that we didn't get to see this team go to Chicago and get to play in the Sweet 16 but you know it is what it is yeah I mean it hurt and obviously we all have seen it we've all broken it down pretty much but that is the common theme I've heard is that Although Auburn getting smacked was not fun, Greenville was a lot of fun. That's what I've heard. I've heard it's a fantastic town to go and visit. Um, wouldn't I, know. I wouldn't know. I've never been. But I've everybody that I know that went to either cover or be a fan or whatever, everybody loved going on that trip. I'll say there was one thing that I did not like about this trip, and I told you about this, I think. The traffic on the way up <laughs> to Greenville, there was a point, and I'm not exaggerating here, where there was a bridge out on like I eighty five or something like that. Nice and seems optimal. It was it was pretty sweet. So I was supposed to get <laughs> in Greenville at like four p.m. Uh, and I got there at like nine thirty. And there was oh, a point where dude. we literally within a span of an hour moved point two miles. Nah, it was it that's was, a that's a no for me. It's the worst worst track. It's no for me, dog. I've ever that's a no for me, but dog. Hey, my one trip through Greenville, South Carolina, on my way to the. Great state of North Carolina, by the way. I do like the state of North Carolina. I do like that state a lot more than South Carolina. My one trip through Greenville, just the amount of vehicular carnage along the side (laughs) of the interstate was unparalleled. I've never seen a state not remove more vehicles that were downed on the side of the road than the state of South Carolina. And that one trip, I mean, I'm telling you all, like I could count on two hands probably how many vehicles... I saw that were that were abandoned on the side of the road for whatever reason it was, whether it had been for an accident or they broke down or whatever. I was like, huh, that, I guess this is the South Carolina version of roadkill. They just don't clean it up here, though. Yeah, my, my experience was similar, and I'll also say this. Oh, so you saw a lot of downed cars, too? Yeah, and I, I, really? I won't, hate on, I won't hate on South Carolina. I'll just say 
you could tell when you crossed from Georgia to South Carolina. The, like, and I'm not going to say it was the, different. Yeah, I'm not going to say like the roads were rough. Like they definitely, certainly Greenville was not like that. But it was just like a, it was it was a it was an interesting trip. It was the 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 trip up there was weird. I'll just say <laughs> the trip back was fine. Well, you went to see Auburn in the round of 64 and the round of 32. Those are now over. The Sweet 16 has begun. We had some games last night, gentlemen. A lot of good ones, in fact. Every single game was was close down the stretch. Let's start breaking some of those games down. If you want to give us a call about anything going on in the sporting world, if you have a reaction to any of the games last night, anything else going on, we want to hear from you. 334-321-1390 or toll-free at 888-382-7502. The first game of the night, it was a barn burner. Arkansas and Gonzaga. Arkansas and Gonzaga, folks. Gonzaga, the number one overall seed in the NCAA tournament. They yet again do not win at all. Are we surprised? They lose to Arkansas 74-68. to I did not have Gonzaga winning the national title. I'm not necessarily surprised that they didn't. And I will say this, though. I feel like an idiot because on my, my Locked on Kentucky podcast, I went and predicted the Sweet 16. And I was like, I realized, yeah, like halfway, through, yeah, no, I realized halfway through the picks, I'm like, I'm setting myself up for failure. I'm going to come back here within the span of 24 hours. I'm going to see a bunch of comments making fun of me. I just like, I just literally acknowledge that right there on the show because i was like i don't think arkansas is going to be the team to knock gonzaga out but i think that this next team that they'll play duke which i predicted duke to be duke to be texas tech i think i thought that duke would be the the team to do it uh and then i said i was like i don't think arkansas can survive without getting to the foul line a lot and then they did that like jd note did not take a free throw until late in that game uh, and, and how about J.D. Note putting up half a million shots and hitting like four of them? And Look, <laughs> freezing cold takes had a field day yesterday because <laughs> the reality is on paper, and I would have been included in that if I was a little bit larger of a media personality. Let's just be real. Yesterday I came on the show and I said I didn't think Arkansas was going to be able to beat Gonzaga. I thought they could cover the nine and a half spread, but I didn't think that Arkansas's style of play necessarily equated to a win considering who they were playing and how good of a defensive team Gonzaga was. I knew that if Gonzaga was going to lose, it was going to be that their offense failed them, which, lo and behold, that that did occur. I just didn't expect it to happen in the Sweet 16 to Arkansas because I thought Arkansas was really going to struggle to find some points yesterday, and they and they did not. I just want to come back and uh, back myself up. I remember saying that Gonzaga would not make it past the Sweet 16, and here we are. They did not make it past the Sweet 16. So. Did your official bracket have them in the Sweet, beyond the Sweet 16, though? Did your official bracket have them beyond I'm the trying, Sweet 16? One of my brackets, it did, yes, but the other one, it did not. Hmm. <laughs> but didn't stick with that now but, did you now lance will remember when we talked about this in the preseason that i said gonzaga and ucla would not win the national championship i do this remember year. us talking about that I, yeah. I said gonzaga ucla bama like i was not on that bandwagon whatsoever but i've always said that gonzaga was not a great basketball team and yeah here we are yeah you're when right. you beat up on I, I, this is the common take i get it i understand but it's also the truth when you beat up on low-level teams in college and then you get to the tournament and you have to play not just one halfway decent team when you have to play multiple in a row that's where Gonzaga gets struggles and that's where they get beat is not when they oh they played their first good team no when they have to play multiple good teams in a row the NCAA tournament's the hardest tournament to win right it's the hardest thing to win in all of sports I think but it's when Gonzaga they they don't they do not play high quality opponents all season long. They have two tough games in their conference. They they automatically get to the semifinals of their conference tournament. And so when they have to play tough games back to back to back, 
it, it, they get exposed and they get showed out. And here we are yet again. The top overall seed in the tournament can't even make it to the Elite Eight. I'll say this: like the, the, this year's field has just been crazy. But but and you can kind of say that to maybe like lessen the blow for Gonzaga. Be like, well, everybody's losing. Like there's only one one seed left. But at the same time, I've got a stat here for you guys. How many you, two seeds are left? Duke, Villanova, Kentucky, and Auburn are gone. So half of the two seeds, only three of the top eight seeds are still around, gentlemen. And we're not even to the Elite Eight yet, officially. There's still Sweet 16 tonight. A stat here for you. Gonzaga has a 7.6% win percentage against one, two, or three seeds since 2001. They are 1-12 in since 2001 against one, two, or three seeds. That's hot. In the same time period, 14, 15, and 16 seeds have a 6.7 win percentage in the first round games against one, two, or three seeds. Ooh, I love it. Ouch. I love it. Counterpoint, love it. though, they've been to a national championship they twice in the last title. five years. <laughs> and I don't think that any 14, 15, or 16 seeds have done that. But I'm just saying, like, I don't think I that, know they haven't. I don't think that Gonzaga's <laughs> a fraud necessarily, like, to 100%. But at some point, you have to consider getting into a bigger conference, yes. at least the Mountain West. You have I to think play, if they go to the Mountain West, this fixes. You just yeah. have to play tougher opponents. There's no doubt that they have talent on their team. They have a good coach. They're well coached. They play a very high standard of basketball, but it comes down to the point of when you don't play tough competition, you get complacent. And when you beat when you beat a team by 30 points, no matter if it's basketball, football, whatever, you don't learn a whole lot about yourself and you don't grow as a team or a person when you really think about it. But when you get into battle-tested and every night is a struggle in your conference and you have to go out there and actually earn it and win it in 40 minutes and not just 15 that will make a, a basketball team good and legit and actually be able to compete. Now, again, we've seen a lot of upsets this season in this, not just the college basketball season, but obviously in the NCAA tournament. But Gonzaga not making it past the Sweet 16, it's not a shock to me because, again, it's not just playing one good team. Every team in the tournament's good. No matter if you're a 1 or a 16 seed, you're in the tournament for a reason. To be fair, though, just playing devil's advocate with you all because I think it was this crew in the room that I, I made these points about i do agree that the wcc is probably a little bit too weak but the big 10 hasn't had a champion since 2000 the big 12 hasn't had a champion since 2008 and uh i mean it's pretty much been the acc the big east and kentucky winning national championships over the last decade but would you say those conferences are still tougher than the wcc which ones all of them yes <laughs> exactly so even if even if you know indiana playing in the big 10 right they are still more battle tested coming out of the big 10 than than gonzaga yeah, but is. what i'm saying is it obviously hasn't mattered because their tournament it does keeps matter being gonzaga hasn't done anything they've made but it to neither the national has, but neither as the big 10 or the big 12 or largely the sec outside of kentucky uh-oh. and i mean it's only been two conferences that can really claim to have repeated national champions i'll also say this as somebody who's in the kentucky sphere the fire coach Cal- calipari narrative that needs to chill out that's it, horrible. people need to stop yeah, and, and, and i'm not exaggerating Almost every single comment, message board thread, everything that I receive is calling for this or see is calling for this man's job. Really? First of all, that's ridiculous. But I will say they could hire Frank like, Martin. Yeah, I'm, like that. Quick, that was hurry, something that UMass I said, like, is coming in. I was like, who do y'all think we're gonna hire that can win more consistently than than Calipari? Because he's he's what got like a eighty percent win percentage. He's been to four Final Fours. I, I will I will say this though, 
he has not had a title since 2012. And so that that's a point in your corner, Noah, just talking about how like it's so difficult to win this it's tournament. Hard to win. You have to really start to appreciate what teams do in the regular season, and you have to start putting more value on that because March Madness, people immediately just start playing the results and saying, oh, well, Kentucky lost to St. Peter's. Their whole season was a lost cause. Oh, Auburn lost to Miami. Whole season was a lost cause. It was a failure. They did win another SEC title, Auburn did. They're going to have two first-round picks, potentially. It wasn't a lost season. Things just Crazy things just happened in the tournament. I want to say this, and I, and I said this going into this conversation with you. I don't think that what you're saying is wrong about Gonzaga. I believe it. I think they play in the WCC, and that hurts them when it gets to tournament time. If they move to the Mountain West or the Pac-12, which the Pac-12 won't take them because they don't have football money. The Mountain West may take them for basketball and baseball purposes because, believe it or not, Gonzaga's baseball program, pretty good. Yeah, it is legit. Went to an NCAA tournament last year as a great basketball program. They have stuff to offer the Mountain West in those areas. Say the Mountain West does pick them up for that, right? I, I think that helps Gonzaga a little bit, but how difficult really is the Mountain West? You know, I mean, look, they went 0-4 in the tournament this year. I mean, how difficult, how much better is the Mountain West for Gonzaga's talent pool, right, compared to even playing in the WCC? And so while I, I do agree with you that, like, it has something to do with it, I don't think it has everything to do with it because they've gotten to the national championship twice. They just And, and honestly, you can make a really good argument that they should have beat North Carolina at least one of those times, and the blowout to Baylor is pretty inexcusable, but I well, still Baylor think was the much better team. They were, but I still think you break it down. Like they, they've shown themselves to have national success in March Madness. I think there's the stat out there also that no team's won more March Madness games than than Gonzaga has in the last decade. So yeah. let me ask you this: Obviously, moving to the Mountain West, you say what? How much of a step is that? So let me ask you this, guys: What does Gonzaga do to get over the hump? What can they do to Nothing. get over the hump? Just win in March. Play they, Saint they, they Peter's. Fair. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> they need they just need to win a national championship to get everybody off their back. But it used to be that Gonzaga, dude, you don't rem- you you don't remember the days that they were a seven or a ten seed in the NCAA tournament. They the perception of Gonzaga basketball has changed whole scale over the last decade. This team used to have to used to be outside the top five seed lines. Like they used to be truly envisioned as a mid major basketball team. Like they did not have this they have crossed over a threshold into major power status in college basketball undenied and that's because they win at such a high level they're at least doing what they should be doing yes and i think everybody's holding gonzaga to an unfair standard that they're not holding anybody else i don't think it's that i think it's because it's the same narrative every single season right preseason who's the number one team in the last five years gonzaga who's the number one team in the country unless they lose a game gonzaga who comes into the tournament with some of the most the most hype from fans, media, all that. It's Gonzaga. And then who ends up not winning? And I understand winning it all is extremely difficult. And they've been there twice. They've been close. Is the national championship coming for Gonzaga? It's coming, right? It's coming. They have too much talent year in and year out. I mean, I don't know if it's coming. I just think it's overblown. (laughs) I think it's, I mean, they're going to pick one up eventually, obviously. I think they will, but it's going to be tough. But I think the hype on when Gonzaga's on a 28-game win streak, they haven't lost in their tournament, or they haven't lost in their conference yet. Playing in these to, high school gyms. Yeah, exactly. And then they come out, and they and they get beat by Alabama. Bro, come on now. Like, <laughs> I just think it needs to slow down a little bit. I understand that they have talent on their team. Drew Timmy's an unbelievable player that plays on that team. Chad Holmgren is pretty solid, right? But 
I think the hype of from the media and fans or whatever around Gonzaga when they start winning games inside their conference, it needs to chill out a little bit until they actually start playing teams. And when they start when they start winning in March, talk to me. That's fine. When you win in March, you're winning in March. You're beating legit teams, and you are an actual basketball team beating legit teams and actually moving on and showing how good you can be and how dominant you are. But I think the when it's middle of January and Gonzaga's still undefeated, let's slow down a little bit because obviously we know what conference they play in. We know the opponents they play. So I think it just needs to slow down a little bit. In the, from the beginning to the end of the season until Gonzaga wins in March, I think it needs to slow down. And they almost did last year. They ran into Baylor and a buzzsaw, uh, just a just a straight up the, buzzsaw. The Baylor was just so much better than everybody, not just Gonzaga last year. They were so much better than everybody. It was unbelievable. And I know we're just sitting here talking about Gonzaga, Arkansas, but just talking about the Sweet Sixteen as a whole. I mean, just going back to how difficult it is to win in March. Another one seed lost yesterday. Arizona lost to Houston, and Houston won that ball game. Like, that right. was from beginning to end just defensive domination picked was, that did, did Noah, you know houston's had, my national champion oh pick. really this man know. has been on houston for like two weeks you know they're the favorite now like odds makers are yeah they're, the they're like <laughs> really seven, seven to two yeah right really now. i just want to point uh, out something real quick about gonzaga before we go back to that because okay. I've, I've come to the end of my research since these past two years you're talking about gonzaga being overblown and like every year they're like number one team in everybody's minds and everything like that it's really only been the last two seasons where they've earned the top overall seed. And I think you can argue in both of those seasons, nobody else deserved to be the top overall seed. No other year since, and I've gone back to 2015, and if you guys want me to keep going backwards, I'll keep going backwards. But Gonzaga was not earning number one overall seeds all the way back to that point. I'm talking about the top seed, right? Because you're talking about them being the number one team in everybody's mind and that it's the foregone conclusion they're going to win it. I think that narrative, like people only, I think people believing in Gonzaga has only occurred over the last two seasons. And to be honest, going into the tournament the last two seasons, I think it was warranted. But I think they were, honestly, like I think you could say, this year where there's been so much carnage and that nobody really separated themselves, if I asked you going into tournament time who the best team in college basketball was, give me an answer. Most people probably would have said Gonzaga. But I think that's because other teams were losing to reputable opponents I, I don't think winning the WCC and winning two games in your conference champion or your conference tournament is legit they are a good team I'm not saying that at all and I I mean I agree they probably so you wouldn't have said that Gonzaga was the best team in college basketball going into March they were one of them one of them you wouldn't have said that they were that they hadn't proven that to you no Lance would you have said Gonzaga was the best team going into March I know y'all know my Arizona bias but <laughs> we got to see how that played out but I would I, w- I agree I would have said I would have said that they are one of the best and I also would have said that there's not one particular dominant team in this tournament and that was this season especially and I just I don't think that's kind of like a, a permanent thing from here on out I just thought that for this season like Gonzaga definitively like top three one of the best teams in the country it's just that the tournament can do so many different crazy things. And well, let me say this. Losing. They're not overrated. They are clearly based off of their resume. They deserve the one seed. Okay, Now, if you want to say whether or not they deserve the top overall seed, whatever, that doesn't matter at, at all. Whether you're the top overall seed or not, it does not matter. But the reality is the narrative of, of people saying this team is overrated is completely overblown because they really haven't started getting respect until the last two years in terms of their top overall seeding and people thinking they could actually win the national championship. It's only happened until the last two years, and they even made it to the national championship one of those two years. And we all know how difficult it is to win, and maybe 
just maybe, let's just say this, maybe Gonzaga just had an off night against Baylor a couple of years ago. What if they actually, like, what if that game is played 10 times? What if that's yep. a series in, what if that's a seven-game series like the NBA Finals? I know that's not how this works. That's a 3-1 series. You think Baylor wins it? Baylor last year was, un- and I'm not just saying because they won or how they won, Baylor last year was, like, Baylor in the tournament last year was that team that had separated okay. themselves. I did pick Baylor well, regardless, though, regardless of that, they it's still undeniable that Gonzaga was one of the top two teams in the country last year and to call someone overrated just because they didn't win the national championship is colossally overrated. was Alabama overrated this past year in college football they deserved to make the national championship they played their way there and if Gonzaga played their way to a national championship appearance I don't think that they're overrated and when you look at other conferences that's why I brought up the other conferences that's why when you look at the Big 12's failures since 08 the Big 10's atrocities since 2000 when you look at all these other conferences who can't put a champion in I don't think it has as much to do with conference as it's just this Gonzaga program I mean it's fair to question their championship DNA but I don't think it has as much to do with the conference maybe as maybe it just has something to do with inside the program that Gonzaga can't get over the hump well, we're going to find out. I, Gonzaga has talent. They're going to continue to get talent. We're going to find out in the next five to ten years if they are able to pull it off and win a national championship in March. Let's take a break. We'll come back and continue to break down the Sweet 16. You're listening to On the Line. Welcome back into On the Line here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central, Alabama. Jacob Goins and Noah Gardner with you on the Friday edition of the show. Lance Dahl joining us for hour number one. We've been breaking down the Sweet 16. We went in on Gonzaga, Arkansas a little bit, but there were three other games last night, gentlemen, that were all pretty good. Villanova beat Michigan. Duke beat Texas Tech in a back-and-forth battle, and then Houston defeats the the other number one seed, Arizona. Which one, out of those three games, which one uh, stood out to you, gentlemen? Yeah, well, considering I picked Arizona to win the title, <laughs> it probably stood out to me the most. I actually yeah. didn't watch the game. Uh, I really? woke up to this. No, I was no, I was watching uh, Texas Tech Duke. I was like, oh, Arizona. I looked early. I was like, oh, Arizona's down by like seven or nine. I'm like, yeah, they're gonna. Just... What did you flip it over? No, I was like, Houston. I was. I literally told my my brother. I was sitting there with him. Like, yeah, he was like, do you want to watch that game? Because he has Texas Tech in his national title game in his bracket. I was like, no, we can watch that. Oof. We can watch this, and then also I think Houston's just gonna slowly bleed out Arizona, and I don't want to watch that. It wasn't I... slow, man. It was not slow. And uh, they held a ten point lead for pretty much the entire game. And that's what I just would have physically pained me to watch. I was like, I'd much rather watch Duke and Texas Tech go back and forth. And man, that was that was a uh, that was a dog fight. That was a phenomenal game. Uh, between Tech and Duke, and I love how uh, the Michigan State game for uh, Duke, it was just, it was weird to watch State just completely fall apart for like the last two minutes, and then I sat there, I literally said out loud, I was like, is Texas Tech about to just completely throw this game in the last two minutes like Michigan State did, and then sure enough. Well, did you see the stat of Duke in the second half? I mean, they shot... Yeah, they didn't didn't miss a field goal over the last eight minutes. Yeah, and they shot like 80% in the second half against Texas Tech. uh, Against the Texas Tech defense. Like, Texas Tech is legit. Made a lot of difficult shots. And they made a lot of tough shots, and Duke won that basketball game. Doesn't help that Texas Tech got put into an egregious amount of foul trouble in the second half. But uh, I'm not going to blame it on that. I'm just saying. I'll say this. There is not an optimal result out of that bracket now. Out of that region, there's not an optimal winner of that Elite Eight that satisfies me. Because either Duke's in the Final Four or Eric Musselman in Arkansas is in the Final Four. And obviously, I think it's worse for Auburn that Arkansas makes the Final Four. Uh, So I think I probably am in the Duke camp to CK get to the Final Four. Um, 
I just I can't I I this I, I'm just not gonna watch that game. Well, a couple minutes before Doesn't we had to break, though, does it? A couple minutes before we had to break. Arkansas, of course, they beat Gonzaga. They will play Duke in the Elite Eight. Now that Arkansas is in the Elite Eight, how far can they go? Can Arkansas legitimately win this whole thing, or are they going to meet their match in the, in the Elite over. Eight? Yeah. It's over. You Duke's know, going on. I, I don't want to say anything because everybody and their mother was predicting uh, Arkansas to lose to Gonzaga, and now apparently Eric Musselman is quote-tweeting everybody on social media like, yeah, we want the smoke. <laughs> and I'm not going to say anything, and I'm not going to say anything if they lose. I just don't want to... I don't want the bad juju to be thrown out either way to be like, yeah, I'm, they, they lose to Duke or yeah, they're going to win. I would just rather watch them lose by 15 potentially and then come back to Twitter and be like, oh, Eric Musselman, wh- where are you at now, dude? Like, you, you did won- go farther than every other SEC school, though. <laughs> that is true, but he he's they're, they're acting also so cocky over it now. And it's just like I wouldn't do that until you won a title or made a Final Four, right? I wouldn't do it in a Sweet 16. Sure, you beat Gonzaga, and sure, nobody said you could do it, but wait wait to act out, out, of, out of line until you win a title or get to the Final Four or do something historic because a Sweet 16 win is not They were going crazy, crazy yesterday. Yeah, they were. The opening line on Duke and Arkansas was Duke minus 3.5 on Saturday against Arkansas. Gimme. Gimme, gimme. I, I like Duke minus three and a half, but let me ask you this. Now that Arkansas is a legitimate threat in the SEC, like you said, they've gone farther now, than any. They already were. <laughs> I know, that's what I'm saying. And now that they've gone farther than any SEC team in this tournament, where does that put Eric Musselman on the SEC coaching ranks? I already believe coming into the, into the NCAA tournament that he was the best coach in the SEC. Really? I already believe that. I, I think he's Lance? the best coach. Wait, you and I have talked about this a little bit, but I want Lance's opinion here too. I maybe think, that, maybe X's and O's, but yeah, for sure X's and O's, like far and beyond. And the being best able coach to develop SEC. a team from start to finish, one hundred percent, he proved that this year. I'm fascinated with the way that Eric Musselman approaches different games. I've been watching different videos just on his like what he likes to do stylistically, and he he's like every single game. I want to come out with the opponent with like several different sets that they've never seen before, or we've never run before or at least not in that season. He's like, every, for, I want to run a different set every single tip. I want to run a set, uh, a different set out of every single timeout. I don't want to, them to have any sort of tendencies. You know he coached what, in the NBA? He did coach for Golden State, and so yep. he's just a really, really good X's and O's guy. And so do you not think that that could give them some sort of advantage over Duke when they play in the Elite Eight? Because K is an, types, K is an K excellent is X's and O's guy. Like, well, he's going up against a really, <laughs> really good coach. But I think it's going to be an excellent battle between Arkansas and Duke. I I really do think it's going to be a great game there's four first rounders on duke's basketball team and that's the difference that's yeah. that's the ultimate end for me is I, I don't see arkansas feasibly like could play a soft and dumped gonzaga if you will this duke team isn't soft no no they're, they're gonna earn it and i th- i could see jd note having a, a rough day and he's still gonna get his points but maybe not shoot efficiently from the field we're gonna see i think it's gonna be a great game back and forth between arkansas and duke let's head to the break we'll come back for the 230 segment you're listening to on the line Welcome back into On the Line here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central Alabama. Friday, March 25th. Thank God it's Friday. We all waiting for the weekend. Noah Gardner, Jacob Goins, and Lance Dahl in the studio with us for our number one. We've been breaking down the games from last night from the Sweet 16, but gentlemen, let's talk about tonight's games because there are four more. I think last night's slate was definitely 
the better slate, but we didn't even get into Houston choke slamming Arizona. No. Come on, I was trying to. I'm, I'm trying to spare Lance's feelings. <laughs> Who he is, cares? It's our, our guest today. I'm, I'm trying to spare him. Me and a little him bit. are homies. He knows it. I even said yesterday I was because uh, uh, my brother was like, "Oh, look, Houston's beating the Sonata at Arizona." I'm like, I'm just so numb to it. Like, it, like nobody could have predicted anything this year. So I'm it, just like, I'm okay. With when it. it comes to Arizona, I thought they were good. And they, I'll admit, they made my confidence rise as the last few games went on. Really? They almost lost to TCU. If anything, no, I was like, like, I was smelling I'm, blood in the I water. I was saying coming into the tournament. Uh-oh. Like, coming into the tournament, I didn't think they were going to win at all, but I did think they were good. I I probably had them lose. I, I can't remember where I had them going out I thought out they at, were good. I, I thought they were good. I think Houston was But better. no offense, Lance, I did not have them winning the national championship, my friend. You, you know, sometimes you just get things wrong and you look like an idiot. I'm just willing to accept that fact. I, I picked I picked the wrong team. Although I will say, like they're like you were saying, they're good. Like They're they a good are. basketball team. And after seeing uh, – the reason that I initially – you know, I even said on uh, Locked On Kentucky, I was like, I'm going to pick Arizona to win this game because I was re-picking the Sweet 16. I'm going to pick Arizona to win this game, but I don't feel great about it because Houston's playing really, really well. After seeing the way that they got drilled by Memphis just a couple of weeks ago before, like, I think it was even before, like, conference tournament play, it was just like having that image in my mind made me perceive this Houston team differently when doing my initial bracket. And I'm just like, I cannot pick And the them. American was awful this year yeah, i was about I was to like, say yeah i can't pick them and then I mean, how many american teams made the tournament this year was it just houston and memphis and memphis that might have been it i think that's because like cincinnati didn't make it uh none of, smu I mean, didn't smu didn't awful league none of them this did year. wichita then, state didn't wichita state did but then there's <laughs> noah over here who loved houston for way i'll give him credit statistically the most impressive team left in the tournament and it's not close I mean, i'll give you credit you've been on houston for a while now top 10 in offensive and defensive efficiency right and typically the national champion comes from that select group of teams that is in maybe not the top 10 in both categories but definitely like the top 25 yep. in both categories yep. this that, team's legit and it makes sense why that would be successful when you're the top 10 in both categories credibly I mean, well is, coached they have top tier talent this is not like i mean granted they they do come from the same type of background as a gonzaga because the league's not difficult i mean i think the americans a lot better of a league than the wcc but it's still not a good league um but their side of the bracket's pretty favorable man like i I said if they got past arizona i would feel pretty good about this team going to the national championship because the bottom half i mean you might catch kansas or i mean you're going to catch kansas or providence and then miami or iowa state and like, there's a legit reality where we could have a, a ten a ten seed in the or an eleven seed in the final four, right? Well, one Playing of them going to the elite eight, hundred percent. Exactly. Like that's that's I rough. Hate that I hate that so much. Oh, I'm a St. Peter's fan right now too. I'm hoping well, for Houston St. Peter's, and I would absolutely root for St. <laughs> Peter's in that event. It'd make me feel a little better as a Kentucky person. But I'm also sort of rooting for duke north carolina in the final four don't you want it so bad like deep down as a college basketball fan don't you want it but who do you want to win in that event duke you want Duke to get revenge? UAC, ultimately? Yeah. I've got a couple of close. What a storybook in it. I text, <laughs> but wouldn't you want them to to feel the, the like? Would, would you want them to, that to point, see that? No, yeah. no. I want to see North Carolina beat Duke again, and then just everybody laugh. Yeah. Coach K out the door. Like, <laughs> I don't have anything. I don't have anything against Coach. You know, K. that's He's not really, how that would go. No, no. If, the, if that if that matchup happens, Duke is winning that game, and it, it like 
put the house on it. I'm telling you, like Coach K ain't losing that last game. I'll man. pull up on uh, a Friday to to uh, to come onto the show, and I'll be wearing an officials uniform. I do have one in my closet. I'll just be wearing one, ready for that. Well, game. Didn't you used to officiate some stuff? No, my 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 dad did. Oh, okay, okay. Sometimes you All get right. random hand me down. Here you go, son. <laughs> what am I going to use this for? I don't know. I'm not using. it. I saw somebody one day. One day. I saw somebody have this take on Twitter. Remember the last time or the last game of the season when Duke and North Carolina played their final game and the tickets were thousands and thousands of dollars to get in the door. Imagine if it's the final four and Duke is in there. Just imagine how much the tickets are going to be. Gas if it's prices Coach will K's, be nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Coach K's fought last, his final final four. Could you imagine? The tickets are going to be outrageous. What if it was Duke, North Carolina, final it, final four? I mean, it's got to be like $10,000, dude. And somebody is going to pay it. A lot of people are going to pay exactly. It. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Not it's going to get a lot of people It's going to get crazy. It. So it no, might be I'm, all of his ex players that played in the NBA, but <laughs> the whole arena is just former Duke players. Yeah. That's it. I'd, I'd be cool for it. But tonight's games, there's four more for the Sweet 16. 15 seed St. Peter's after beating your boys. Sorry, Lance. They have Purdue tonight. And you know what today is, gentlemen, don't you? It's National Peacock Day. It isn't is it? National Peacock Day. Did more, you know that, Noah? The more you know. It is National Peacock Day. You know what St. Peter's mascot is? Of course I do. It's the peacocks. Do, do you even have this, to ask? So is this destiny? Of course I know what I know, their mascot is. We know, talked you about know. Noah with mascots. We <laughs> yeah. know what's up. Uh, believe me, I, I questioned him the other day on it. He. I got him. I stumped no, him on we one. Gave, he gave me – I had the bracket, and I said, I'm going to tell you every nickname of every team on this sheet of paper. Oh. And I went all 68. But I texted you about Including something the other the, day. The, and the 16th seeds? Because there was like – like there's like an Islanders in there. Yeah, Texas like A&M Corpus Christi. So, the they're, Islanders. They're, of jerseys, they look awful. The yeah, ones they that were they bad. Wore, oh, my goodness. They were really bad. Anyways, Blue Sherbert. <laughs> yeah. But – with it being P- National Peacock Day, St. Peter's the 15 seed. They're going up against a good Purdue team. I had Purdue winning this game against Kentucky in my bracket. Obviously, Kentucky's not here. I like St. Peter's. Rip. I like the Cinderella story, but they all come to an end at some point. I don't think this is happening tonight, boys. I like Purdue to win this game against St. Peter's. I like them to win easily tonight against the Peacocks. Something inside me. Do it. <laughs> Something inside me just feels. Don't, don't give in. Something inside me just feels like this team's going to a Final Four. Just now, something Purdue, inside me is shouting that from the rooftops. Purdue's like, favored. do it. Purdue's favored by 13 and a half. I think that's a lot for a Sweet 16 game. I could see it, but if you want to have some fun... 15 seed has never made it to the Elite Eight. There, whenever I did the preview episode of Kentucky versus St. Peter's, I was like, they've got this kid coming off the bench named Doug Eddard or whatever. whatever. You mentioned him? And I said, it would be so perfect if a kid named Doug Eddard <laughs> led his team to a Cinderella run. We could go back and watch that episode. I said That's that. so funny. People were just like, you called, he dropped 20 on Kentucky, dude. And he's, he's playing really well right now. I feel like they listen to your podcast episode as motivation <laughs> this is like this team sucks they don't do anything well they got a kid named doug edder it was like what is even going on there and it's just like yeah we're gonna win this game doug had that podcast in on the bus on the way to the arena bro he was <laughs> ready to loop. go he was he was ready to go now I, I can't do it i can't pick saint peter's to beat purdue i like purdue in this basketball game again i had them beating kentucky in this matchup when it was supposed to be but Again, I like Purdue in this matchup. I don't see St. Peter's moving on. I like their Cinderella story, but they all got to come to an end. I like it to end here tonight. And the next game, Kansas-Providence, the one and four seed. Kansas. What, who do you got, Lance? I've Providence got, or frauds? I've got Kansas. Yeah, Providence is the luckiest team in all of college basketball. You like to think that that run ends here soon. I think they get exposed tonight. 
I really do. I, I don't think know if I go so far as to say exposed because I do still think they're like a good basketball team, but like not a great basketball team. I think they're worth their seed line at four, right? But I think that's a lot to say that somebody gets exposed because they're a four. I mean, they're a four seed. They're playing a one seed tonight. So, I, and I don't know if Kansas is just going to absolutely shame them on the basketball floor because. I mean, let's look at how Kansas was playing coming into this tournament, right? I mean, Kansas wasn't playing great, and I don't think you could say, I mean, with the way that they played against Creighton, I don't think that you can say that they've played great either across this tournament stretch up to this point. Um, I, You know, I wouldn't be totally surprised if Providence won this game either with the way that that entire region has gone. I wouldn't be shocked. Really? I'm actively rooting for Miami to make the Final Four. <laughs> actively. Because they beat Auburn? No, because I, I that's the team I like the most out of that entire out of that entire bracket that's left and and also they they have i think they have like the dudes to where like if they played houston it would be interesting like i I would not be shocked with that team and with their guard play if and also considering their coach jim laranega he's a great coach i would not be shocked if that team made it to the final four well then i i would i would think it would be a great game whoever they played from the top half so do you like let's go to that game tonight then you like miami over iowa state in the last game of the night why yes i do yes 11 versus 10 one of those teams is going to the elite eight you like miami i do too i like miami they're uh favored by three and a half so not i don't know uh i think i think this game will be close but i like miami basketball by the hurricanes is going to give iowa state fits on offense and granted they've gotten to this point by scoring 50 points in every single game at some point that's going to cost you uh, they they played well in the NCAA tournament, but as I've mentioned, the NCAA tournament's a marathon, not a sprint. Things change when you change to a different location. It's a new two-day tournament. The NCAA tournament is a two-day tournament three times. Yeah. And this two-day tournament is uh, is where it comes to an end for Iowa State in this, in this first game of that two-day tournament. Yeah, here's my thing with Iowa State. Five games ago, they scored 36 against Oklahoma State. And I don't mean in a half. I mean in a game. They scored 36 points. And I'm waiting for that Iowa State to show up. Does it show up against Miami? I don't know, but I do like the Hurricanes to win this matchup, to your point. No, I think their guards are playing really good right now. And they're playing good defensively. defensively. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. exactly. And that's not something we expected to see against Auburn. Remember talking about when Miami played USC in the first round, Auburn fans said, we want Miami because they can't play defense like USC could. And then they came out and beat Auburn and played them defensively fantastic. I mean, they played great defensive basketball, plus they scored at will most of the time. So... I agree. I think tonight they get it all rolling again. Miami will lock Iowa State down defensively. They're not going to let them score more than 60, 65 points. And I, and Miami can score. I mean, they can shoot. I think they continue to do so. I like Miami tonight against Iowa State. I really do. What's the likelihood we get Duke, North Carolina, and Miami, three ACC teams, all in the Final Four? They'd Ooh. never let us forget it, i tell you that. Oh, yeah. The ACC would, would run on that until they – and they should. That's and an ultimately, incredible ultimately, Houston wins the national championship. That would be hilarious. <laughs> what a great scenario. That would be like the perfect scenario for this bracket, the way that this year has gone, is for there to be – three ACC teams and none of them win the title and just Houston be like sorry bro (laughs) so well let's talk about the last game coming on tonight it's not the last game but I wanted to save it until last because I think it's going to be the best game of the night the eighth seed North Carolina Tar Heels four seeded UCLA Bruins I think it's going to be a slugfest guys I think it's a fantastic matchup UCLA is actually the favorite minus two and a half 
What's your take on it? You're going to call me crazy? I actually had UNC beating Baylor and UCLA That's not in my crazy. bracket. Well, it, it doesn't happen a whole lot. But my thing is, like, the way that, that R.J. Davis is playing for North Carolina along with their big men, I mean, if they can get consistently one of their guards to, to have an impressive performance along with Baycott and, who is it, Brady Manick, uh, the shooter, the forward, if they, those three guys can play well, I mean, they can beat just about anybody. They've scored over 90 in both games that they played uh, so far. They came into the regular season with – Final four talent on their starting five. The question is, did they have the depth? Well, you know, where's the coaching at with Hubert Davis in his first year? You know, what, how was all this going to go? And obviously, they were they were less than successful until the last quarter of the season. But the last quarter of the season, they have played like they were capable of beating a one seed and going to a final four. I would not be shocked whatsoever if they beat UCLA tonight. But as our second guest of the show, Levi Fitzwater, will say, you have to kill Mick Cronin to take this man out of the NCAA <laughs> tournament. And uh, I'll tell you, the UCLA is a tough guy mentality, man. He has built that culture into a, a program that, like, you wouldn't expect them to have that. Like, Mick Cronin does not shout West Coast to you. Mm-hmm. His no. culture does not shout L.A. to you, Los Angeles. Tough guy. Like, he does not shout tough guy. I mean, Mick Cronin shouts Rocky Balboa to me. Mm-hmm. Shouts gets punched in the face 50 times, but still yeah. keeps coming, right? That's what that's what Mick Cronin shouts to me. But this UCLA team, man, they play tough defense. They're big. They, they just keep coming no matter what's thrown their way. I mean, Akron took this team to the precipice. And they still kept coming. You know, I know it's Akron. I'm, I'm making fun there. But they've still found a way to get to the Sweet 16 after not playing their best basketball. You're right. It's going to be a slugfest. I think it's going to be a really fun game tonight. I think both of these teams have a legitimate shot to go to the Final Four. It's not crazy to think that North Carolina can win this game and continue to win. I liked them against Baylor just because... A, Baylor's injury problems that they had. Yes, they were still a good basketball team, but they were injury-plagued. Everybody knows that. I liked North Carolina to win that basketball game. The more I thought about it, the more I liked it. After that, filling out the bracket, I was like, you know, what North Carolina team is going to show up? What North Carolina team is going to play each and every game? If they play like they have been, I mean, they have a legitimate chance to make a Final Four and, and, and make some noise and do some damage. But if the North Carolina team we've seen at times this season shows up, I and mean, that's for every basketball team. And I think I that's that. what shows up tonight, actually. I think UCLA really? is going to win. Really? You, yeah. you think that North Carolina team shows up tonight against UCLA? Is it it's UCLA's exactly defense? What is up. that what it is? No, I just think it's just general inconsistency for North Carolina that they haven't, they have not been able to achieve consistency at all this year. I mean, you look at the ACC tournament. They go and beat Duke at Duke's place, last game of the regular season. They play fairly well in the first round of the ACC tournament, and then they lose to Virginia Tech, who got hot. And what I said about this tournament being a marathon, not a sprint, and it being three two-game tournaments, a week later is enough to make a difference in UCLA's play and in North Carolina's play. And UCLA may have had a bad first-game tournament, but the UCLA that we know is capable of beating anybody in the country very well could show up for this game, and I think it does. And I think you also get the North Carolina that maybe returns to equilibrium a little bit. So I think their run comes to an end, and, I, and I've got UCLA moving on. What if I told you this was a gut game, Noah? How would you feel? It's not, but what if I told you it was? It's I not a gut out, game? No, but what if it was? What if I, I came want out a gut si- game pick from Lance Dawn, Dude, the Sweet 16. It's been so long. One of I've... the four games today, what is your gut game selection? Well, the gut game's got to be like somewhat of an upset, right? What is, no, I just think it has to be Lance Dawn's lock of the day. Well, I think it has to be produced. 
Purdue over St. Peter's. Then that's your gut game. <laughs> yes, that's <laughs> my. Oh, please, <laughs> my please Purdue don't lose heads. Purdue. <laughs> that's not even fair, man. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm going to cry. What about outside of that game? You got oh one gosh. of the other three that are a little bit. What closer. are you? Are you yeah. like undefeated on gut games? Is that how this goes? Yes, he has yeah. never lost. When he has called it a Lance Dog gut game, he has never been wrong and on, I, in the history of this program. I think I picked one just about every single week when we did college football pick them, and every single week he was like, right. It was a gut game where it would be like an upset or something like that and be like oh there's 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 a gut game i think the first was wisconsin over penn state week one and then that was it was just good greatness from there interesting um, I, I it's so scary to pick one for college basketball though because there's just like so much more that didn't can penn go state on. beat wisconsin no it, it i think it was you were saying penn state was going to beat wisconsin it that was, was your gut game it? yeah what, I, I whatever it was i remember picking picking that game correctly that was the, that was the first one because i was the one who said wisconsin was going to win no doubt about it and then penn state won and then i was just like yeah. graham mertz enough enough said yeah but, penn state definitely won that game yeah. uh but i would say i would say miami over iowa state or I, uh, yeah, he Miami said Miami over, over Iowa State because <laughs> for some reason I thought I thought I said Ohio State for some reason. To be fair, this this could have been Miami. No, Elite Eight would have been Miami Iowa. I like Miami to win this game. I like Miami to win this no game matter easily what tonight. You, no matter what way you put it, I still sounded dumb. We could have got <laughs> Iowa Iowa State in the Elite Eight, guys. That would have been a manslaughter. Oh. That would have been a slaughter. Oh my goodness. Oh my god. I like Miami to beat Iowa State tonight, the Sweet 16. I think it's going to be a great slate. I think last night maybe a little bit better, but tonight's still going to be fantastic. It's March Madness. It's still college basketball. You got to level. Let's take a break. We'll come back and wrap up hour number one. You're listening to On the Line. Welcome back into On the Line here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central Alabama. Just a few more minutes left in hour number one with Lance Dahl here with us in the studio. It'll be Levi Fitzwater coming in for hour number two. So make sure you stick around for that. If you've missed any of our number one, just search on the line wherever you get your podcast. It'll be uploaded immediately following the show at four o'clock. If the phone lines are open all day long, folks, if you have anything to call in and talk about, we want to hear from you. 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Folks, it's been a great first hour. We've enjoyed having Lance in here. We've been breaking down the Sweet 16 and what's been going on last night and what will go down tonight. But I wanted to ask and see if you guys had any updated news on the five-star center from LSU is in the transfer portal. A lot of good rumors coming that he really likes Auburn. He really, you know, is interested in Auburn. I think he's coming, but... I think the news that you're missing here is that Auburn contacted the South Carolina six-foot-four small forward. I think his last name's Stevenson. Eric Stevenson. Yes. Yep. That is that is Devin Cambridge's replacement. I don't think he's going to end up starting... But I do think he's look. I think Bruce has tried to upgrade his three point shooting on the wing. And granted, this guy is a career three point shooter, only thirty percent, not great, but that is better than Wendell Green. Just saying. Uh, and so, I mean, I think that you could bring this guy, and he definitely could stretch the floor for you. He's got some athleticism to work with. He's played at three different schools already. I know he's played at Washington and South Carolina. I'm trying to remember the other scores that. I think it was at Gosh. Wichita State, maybe. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So I mean, he's been, he's been around at some different like good basketball schools. Tbh. Um, honestly, he's probably played Auburn multiple times. Probably was at Washington when he when Auburn played Washington Yo, that year. I, I'm interested to, to think up. that. Um, and then of course Wichita State also a good basketball program. So like, I think contacting him like that's going to be good depth for Auburn. I don't know if he ends up starting, 
Uh, but you just got to see how everything else shakes out in terms of like guys transferring and whatnot from the program. Like does Alan Flanagan transfer? Does Chris Moore to stretch uh, stretch hockey bola transfer? You know how, how many other guys leave? But right now, you know, you got a couple of scholarships to play with. One of those is probably going to, from what I hear, it's Yoen Trior. Well, I apologize because we pronounced his name. it wrong. I apologize. I'm not. Well, I was... I'm not 100. I've heard that that it's Yoen Trior. I don't know the the actual pronunciation of it. That's just that's how it looks. Was the how we pronounced it originally if that's what it is then that's what we'll we'll run with but i'm glad you brought that up because i do have that on the schedule for hour number two talking about where does auburn go now that devin cambridge is transferring from auburn we can break that down on auburn the other is side, one of the schools to contact stevenson that's interesting that's interesting but i think this five-star center trior Traore, however you pronounce his last name i think it'd be big time for auburn if they could get him to replace walker kessler in the front court because let's be honest kessler is more than likely going to the nba jabari's going to the nba you got to replace these guys in the front court because they are that good if if auburn can get the five-star center from lsu big time replacement for auburn basketball but that's it for hour number one we'll be back for hour number two right here on on the line stay tuned we'll be back Live on ESPN 1067 in Auburn and Fox Sports Central Alabama on 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. Online on Fox Sports 983.com and ESPNAU.com. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central Alabama. Jacob Goins and Noah Gardner with you on the Friday edition of the show. Friday, March 25th, 2022. Hour number two officially underway. If you've missed any of hour number one, just search on the line wherever you get your podcast. It'll be uploaded immediately following the show. We had Lance Dahl in the studio for hour number one, but now we have Levi Fitzwater in the studio for hour number two. Levi, welcome back, my friend. Yeah, doing pretty well. Um, I'm super upset that I didn't get to come by yesterday because you guys won't believe it. Absolute heater yesterday with the picks I had. 4-0 last night college basketball you're back up Uh i'm back up i had gonzaga all right all the espn nerds oh this is actually the year that gonzaga they're gonna (laughs) win this is their actual year i i just saw the big shiny one next to their name so i didn't watch any of their games though you know how long they've been saying that since i was in high school since kelly olenic was there i disagree with that i don't think it's been since high school it was for me it was when kelly olenic was there they said they were gonna win where was this man the first hour when i got blasted by noah for saying that no i didn't blast you i just said look at the data there's a couple other conferences that you could say that about too so big 10 hasn't won a title since 2012 don't let the facts they're frauds too i don't they're they're not excluded since 08 they're not excluded either well baylor but you know that's how did i forget that yeah before last year it was 2008 Last year, but you know we forget about last year because it was you know it was, the, COVID, it was a yeah. very square. I don't forget that was a fantastic Baylor team. It was, but yeah, I, you forgot last hour. You literally did call me out on it when I said that. I didn't. I, I just didn't put two and two together. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, you're right. I just didn't put it together. Neither I, did I. But, but until we talked. I talked about that Baylor team last last hour. I talked about 
them. Forgot all I about did, them. Yeah. I guess yeah, I forgot I, they're the Big 12. I don't know. I didn't. Uh, I, I wasn't falling for it again. They're frauds. They've been saying they're like Tennessee football or basketball. Every year is their year now. And I've just come to accept <laughs> that it's not going to happen. Obviously, they, No, I think they're Notre Dame. And then, Yeah, that's fair, too, because they're going to make it. And then, then they're not going to show up. Yeah, but Notre Dame never gets to be the top see the top team in the country notre dame's always right around in there but they're never that team they, like to be fair Gandy. once again gonzaga didn't become the number one overall seed in an NCAA tournament until like last year i think they were number one overall in 2012 the 2012 2013 year that was but, when i was still in high school i think that was that year i throughout think the, i might be wrong on that one throughout the regular season that, was though, that not anthony davis that was no anthony davis was, was 2012 no, anthony davis was 2011 2012 yeah 2011 2012 2012 2013 was was the, that the year that wichita state was like 30 wins also and was like a one seed? that's when they beat so, Kentucky, yes. or they played kentucky in that tournament that was the florida gulf them, coast but. year i know that much so i just i just remember them going into that tournament and me having them coming out pretty early in my bracket when i was at that time because i'm a gonzaga hater Let, let's be honest i i, I they're frauds. I, haven't, I haven't picked up on that yeah, I'm a Gonzaga hater, so I didn't fall for it. And then, you know, considering all of your fandoms and your affinity for the small school, it's crazy that I don't like them. Yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah. I don't know. I don't I don't get it either. They, they had the audacity last night. I think you're just the antithesis to mainstream media. That's probably true. Uh, I, I think I you hate that all that is the. I, I think you hate all that is attractive to mainstream media. I think where you're about Very to go true. with about to go with this is that the line was plus nine and a half for the Arkansas Razorbacks. Oh, well, that one was crazy. So that wasn't what I was about to say, but that is crazy because we when I was at work last night and a guy asked me, he said, "What was the line on this game?" Because we had fun and we uh we all picked scores for the game just just to keep morale up, have a good time with everybody working last night. And I had 69-68 uh, Arkansas over Gonzaga because why not? And uh, we were going through it, and he was like, one of the guys was like, what was the spread? And I was like, I don't know, probably like four and a half. That sounds right. And then I looked at it and said, I lied to you. That's like a nine and a half, ten point spread. I was way off on that one. But it was right because I had Arkansas money line locked and loaded better team and you know what you know what no i'll do it one more time for you oh no the hog oh, no. baby that's oh, a throwback no. from a year ago oh that's no. funny but I've, I've never heard that that's from they, you at least. they had the audacity to give me duke as a pick'em they had the audacity to make duke a pick'em and in some places the underdog let me in, let me let you guys in on a secret duke is never the underdog no matter when they play they are always the like best Alabama. team always the best team on the court at any given time is the same like as it is don't bet against nick saban don't bet against coach k is that the same thing yes exactly and it's the same thing with the way i tweeted last night america wins when gonzaga loses America wins when Duke wins. Yeah, Everybody knows I'm that. I'm going to be real. Your, your fandoms really aren't making sense to me right now because I was like, you are the antithesis of mainstream media on a lot of things, but then I just realized you love LeBron James and Duke basketball, but everybody which hates- is literally 85% of are you ESPN a, TV programming. Are you a Yankees fan and a Cowboys fan? No Definitely shot. not. No shot. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> my dad's a Cowboys fan, but no. I I, I, I said that because I that's for the like heartbreak, the, the, the stereotype. Yeah, that, is the, that is the spectrum. It's what the Lakers. What baseball team do Yankees? you like? Hold on. The, I'm going to remember this. The Kansas City Royals. Yes, sir. Bo, ja- Bo Jackson. I had to pick a team early. I was like, Bo Jackson played there, so I picked them. And I've had one – I've had two nice years, and uh, that every other year has been miserable. It goes like that. Well, gentlemen, we're going to break down again Gonzaga and Arkansas, the Sweet 16, and a lot more. So let's start hour number two with Making Headlines. Making Headlines. 
obviously we've already alluded to it but arkansas with the upset victory over the number one team in the tournament last night they beat gonzaga to move on to the elite eight they now have a date with the duke blue devils the second making headline duke beats texas tech it's now a matchup between the razorbacks and the blue devils during coach k's final run through march your breakdown it will start with Noah and then go to levi your breakdown of arkansas gonzaga and then duke and texas tech I think Chet Holmgren was wronged in a lot of ways by officiating last night. I wasn't pleased with some of how that game was officiated. I'll be honest, I wasn't pleased with how the Duke-Texas Tech game was officiated because that was sheer UFC fighting until the last couple of minutes where all of a sudden everything else became a foul. But aside from officiating last night in those two games in San Francisco, I'm shocked that Arkansas beat Gonzaga. I really am. Are you more shocked that Arkansas won or that Gonzaga lost? That Arkansas won. This is more about Arkansas' style of play versus Gonzaga's style of play. I thought it was a bad matchup for Arkansas. Granted, it's not like they just owned Gonzaga or anything like that. I mean, it stayed within a five-point game for most of the time. It's not like Gonzaga really ever found themselves out of this basketball game. I'm just shocked at how easily maybe not easily is the right word but I'm shocked that Arkansas was able to find the points in this style of game against that Gonzaga defense which say what you will Gonzaga no matter who they played this year has played a great brand of defense when they have lost when it has been like what has held them back this year is if their offense was going to make things difficult for them or not and last night obviously their offense did that and that's why they lost Um, I just I would have laughed, man. I would. I, I. I just didn't think Arkansas had the dudes, especially after how they played. I mean, Arkansas played a 13 and a 12 seed through their first two games of the tournament and only won by like five in both games. I was not thinking that this team was playing at a good enough caliber to be able to beat Gonzaga. And I thought Gonzaga was going to get maybe a slow start, but ultimately in the second half, talent was going to win out. Now, Gonzaga easily could have seen them lose to anybody lead eight on 100%. But I, I thought this team was going to make it back to the Final Four, maybe even the national championship. Not win it, but lose. Yeah, I mean that's fair to think, and it's it was kind of stylistically a bit of a a bit of a mismatch, and it's crazy because you look at it, and Drew Timmy still finished with what twenty five points. Yeah, twenty five points, and Arkansas was trying to make they they were trying to take him out. They were collapsing on him the entire game, and he still managed to get twenty five points. Uh, Gonzaga earlier in the year they struggled a lot with a lot of their transition defense I thought that might play into a Duke part put it, that on film yeah Duke put that on film Alabama did it to him as well and I thought Arkansas if, if Gonzaga was going to show a weakness I thought it'd be that but that didn't really seem too much of the case it just seemed like Arkansas was able to get shots at times that they wanted to and I was a, like I was a little shocked at how well it seemed to be going Look at for how the Arkansas. front court played for Arkansas, yeah. man. It combined for 30 points, and they shot 11 for 22, shot 50% from the field against Gonzaga's front court, what is regarded as the best front court in college basketball. They combined for 30 points. Their starters did. Jalen Williams and then Wade combined for 30 points and 11 for 22 from the field, along with 19 rebounds, four assists, and they played with seven fouls combined between the two. It's not like they, they weren't in foul trouble. And put – I mean, that's, that's – the they're labeled as a great front court defensively, but it was shown earlier on and later. Or I'm sorry, later on in the year, you put a body and a you know a little elbow in Chet Holmgren, you can box the dude out and you can get some shots on him. His length is still a presence at all times. He can still block his shots. But Arkansas kind of already went through this. Like, if you kind of look at this, where 
you think Arkansas, they played Auburn, they beat Auburn. What do they have to deal with? Walker Kessler, a big guy. So they've seen kind of how to manage this and how to play against a guy like that who's also going to be an NBA pick. You know who else they played against? Jabari Smith, another guy who's going to be top pick. They've played against this kind of talent before, so they weren't scared of the challenge, and they had done it before. I think that confidence, you could see that throughout the game. It looked like Arkansas had been there before in that situation. If I had told you that J.D. Note was going to go 9 for 29 and 2 for 12 from 3, and that, I would like, think Arkansas, would got, Arkansas got smoked. Yeah, that's that, what I expect. That he from, did that yesterday, guys. That's what I expect J.D. Note and Arkansas to do against Duke tomorrow night. I think Arkansas will struggle against Duke. I think... Obviously. Let's just look at <laughs> this guy. I, look, did Jay- Arkansas play Duke the year they won the national championship? They did. They matched up and they played. I think they played in the national championship. If I'm, I could be I'm looking wrong. it up. No, but, they didn't play in that. They played Wisconsin the last national championship they won. Did they? Okay, all right. I think they played. They at least played Duke in that tournament. I think or that year or something. But when you look at JD Note, the guy can score. Right, he's going to get his points no matter how he does it. He may shoot the ball fifty times and he may only make five of them, but he is going to get his points whether it's from that or the free throw line. He's going to score, but I think it will eventually catch up to this Arkansas team. They did a fantastic job last night. They got Gonzaga uncomfortable. They made them uncomfortable and they beat Gonzaga. It wasn't that Gonzaga fell apart. Arkansas beat them last night in a fantastic game, but the Razorbacks won. They beat Duke in the Natty in nineteen ninety four. I think that was Christian. I think that was a Christian Leitner Duke team as well. Oh, yeah, we're talking about really? Arkansas. Y'all were talking about last time Arkansas won. Yes. That's where I got mixed up. I thought you were talking about last time Duke won. That's oh, what, that's where I got. That's Duke, why I, last time oh. Duke won was yeah. yeah that was Duke, Wisconsin. Duke. That's why I got that's why I got confused. I was like, it was Wisconsin. No, no, I was talking I was about like, Arkansas. No. Yeah. They yeah, played Duke the last Duke, time yes. they won a national title. But no, when you look at JD Note, and he's still the, got twenty one points, but I mean exactly. like you said, he's gonna find a way to get the points. He's gonna get his points, but I think his shooting woes and the team's shooting woes at times are going to eventually come back and bite them. And I think it's against a team like Duke that can take advantage with all of their athletes and all of their NBA talent on the floor and even the the good talent that's on the bench and having Coach K, I think it's the easy pick, right? It's the easy pick to pick Duke over Arkansas on, on tomorrow in the Elite Eight, but I like the Blue Devils. I think the shooting woes for Arkansas are going to come back, and J.D. Note missing so many shots, and that's those are empty possessions. That's what it is. Those are possessions lost if you're Arkansas, and I think it's going to come back and bite them against Duke tomorrow. I still think it's going to be a good game, but I think Duke, you could see them pull away late, win by 8 or 10 points down the stretch. It's going to be a great game, though. And, and credit to Arkansas because they beat Gonzaga. I had Gonzaga losing in the Sweet 16. It doesn't matter. I said it months ago. They would not make a pass of Sweet 16, and here we are. Get get a load of this this Duke team that played Arkansas that year. Here's some of these names. What year? Right. 92? 94. 94. And okay. Leitner was not on this year, roster. That was the year I was born. I think that this was barely after Leitner because Grant Hill was still on this team. But get a load of this. Grant Hill, Antonio Lang, Chris Collins, Jeff Capel. Those are all guys that were playing on that team, and we all know those guys more recently as coaches obviously especially capel and collins and of course grant hill on television is that the same like is antonio lang related to uh tj lang is that who I, yes I, I believe so yes i, I, I would th- think so yeah i'm pretty sure that that's the relation there that that's that's why i remember that name more uh closely but also the coaching staff that year for duke obviously coach k uh but two of his assistants well-known guys tommy amaker and mike bray of course mike bray at notre dame now that is that's interesting. I knew was, uh, I knew he played at Duke. Star-studded that. team that year. Interesting. That's well, um, interesting. But, fun again, I, Arkansas, they beat Gonzaga last night, right? But I like them to lose against Duke tomorrow. The The Coach K final run through March will continue. Levi, I want to get your opinion on this. Is it destiny for Duke and Coach K to win it all this year in his final run through March? Does it happen, do you think? 
It's destiny. It's one. It's destiny. Two. They're not going to let it not happen. They're going to make sure this happened. He's going to get the magical Disney send off. But see, that he also deserves. Wasn't that the mojo when North Carolina came to town? Yeah, but they had to make it look like it wasn't staged. So oh, they no, had to this, lose that, that was game. the pre. No, that's the prelude to the fact that we're getting Duke, North Carolina in the Final Four, and Duke's going to come back and dispatch of them. But isn't that awesome though? Wouldn't that be no, so cool? It's not. I would love it. <laughs> It would be crazy, but I actually... What's that happened to Auburn, yeah, man? it'd be crazy. <laughs> like, what but if, it's not. Auburn's at home. <laughs> no, Auburn's but what if that home. happened to Auburn in football? Like, What if we got Alabama-Auburn at a national championship once and Bama beat Auburn? The state Forget would have, about the, the kick state six. would burn down. The state the st- was shut down for sure. No, that the state about the kick six, man. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, like, I think that it, it feels kind of destined. I mean, you look at what Duke had to do last night to beat Texas Tech. They shot 71% from the field in the second half of that game. 71%. That is absolutely... Like, if you told me they shot 39%, I'd be like, that's not bad. It's ridiculous. Like, 71% hitting, what was it, their last 12 shots? This is off the top of my head. They, they, didn't, they, they, they scored, didn't miss a shot in the last eight minutes. Yeah. yeah and they and they also made their uh, last nine free throw attempts. Like, that is absolutely insane. And that was a pretty close game. You take, like... Tech still know, almost won. You take 30% of those shots away, you, you lost the game. Yeah. So, like, this Duke team isn't... As much as I love to come on here and play cocky Duke fan. That's one of my favorite characters to play. They have some weaknesses, and they struggle a bit, but I think they're just infinitely better as a team than Arkansas right now in terms of their talent. Maybe not just team alone, because Musselman's a great coach. that He's got these guys playing. Arkansas's not going to back down. We've seen it. They went up, they beat Auburn. They went and beat Gonzaga. This team is not scared. They will be ready to challenge Duke, and I think it will be a good game. I think Duke comes out on top at the end of it, but it just I think the sheer talent that Duke has will be enough to bridge that gap and just kind of push them over against Arkansas. But it it feels kind of magical and destined when to beat a game to win a Sweet 16 game, you go 71% from the field in the second half. That is a magical stat. That is a, that's I can't do that on 2K, man. Like that's ridiculous. But they're not gonna do that against Arkansas. They're not gonna do that the rest of the tournament. Held, Teams don't shoot 71% and a half. They that's held Gonzaga not. to 68 points. Like that's that sounds like not a great thing, but to hold Gonzaga, like Gonzaga's used to scoring like 80 points a game. Yeah, and I, I again, I do. I think it's going to be a great game. I like Arkansas and Duke to go back and forth, but I do like Duke to pull away in the end to win that game by 7 to 10 points. I think that's just how it will end up going. But that's tomorrow. We still have four Sweet 16 games tonight on the schedule. Again, not as, you know, not as attractive as last night's slate, but you do have the Cinderella story, St. Peter's, battling with Purdue tonight you have Miami Iowa State an 11 or 10 seed will be in this in the Elite Eight so take that as you will for how this tournament is going so far a 15 seed will for sure be in the Elite Eight get out of here <laughs> that ain't happening Noah is bound and determined Levi he said in the first hour he is bound and determined that St. Peter's beats Purdue tonight the spread's 13 and a half that. I just said I wanted it to happen you were pretty confident though no I'm not I'm not confident that St. Peter's beats Purdue tonight come on I'm you not said confident. I have the feeling I said I have a feeling that, that that's that you have a lot of feelings doesn't well, mean it, you should trust them it's not happening <laughs> it's not happening I don't know about Purdue winning by 14 plus points they very well could but it is the tournament St. Peter's has all the confidence in the world but Purdue is obviously the much better basketball team. I like the front court for Purdue to really just handle St. Peter's tonight and, and St. Peter's not be able to handle the front court of Purdue. Um, you know, a Cinderella story. It's a Cinderella story for a reason. They only go so far, and it ends tonight. Yeah, um, I'm going to say this. I'm probably going to go over on everything I picked today, you know, balance all things in life because I was smoking hot yesterday with four picks. Would y'all hear that, gentlemen? Woo! 
That is the Boilermakers. They are going to steamroll St. Peter's tonight. I'm telling you, look for it. Five or six point game at the half. After halftime, midway through that second half, they're going to pull away and blow I see them what out. you guys are Give doing. Give me Purdue minus the 13 all day, every day. That is an easy lock for me. Absolute easy lock. I am going to be cheering for St. Peter's. Don't get me wrong. I'm going to be cheering for him. My boy Doug. How am I going to cheer against Doug? (laughs) Lance brought that guy up too, man. You know, if you shaved your beard and you just kept your mustache, you kind of look like Doug. My boy, we got a Buffalo Wild Wings uh, NIL deal now. We're here for it. But in in reality, like the Cinderella stories, this is where they tend to cool off. You were talking about it earlier. It's a marathon, uh, not a sprint. You were talking about earlier in that first hour about how the NCAA tournament is a two-day tournament three times yep this is a complete you're, you're the complete adren- different bracket. that adrenaline has ran off yep you know you've been eating rat poison all week about people talking about how great this saint peter's team is and doug and just how they keep <laughs> you keep hearing about it all week long and all these- that's why you're countering that i see what y'all are doing yeah. that's why y'all are countering that with putting back out into the world yes motivation for them yes so that they will win reality that's why you guys Not are saying motivation, all these things reality me and doug have a respect we're tomato, best friends tomato. we've ridden on many hot air balloon rides together me and doug have so i just want to make sure that he has motivation and doesn't go out there and get embarrassed so i'm i'm keeping him you know in check <laughs> Look, Purdue's winning tonight. We all know it. Purdue's winning tonight. <laughs> I'm go- if I if I was legally able to bet in the state of Alabama, which I'm not, so this is all for fun, I would sprinkle a little bit on St. Peter's money line because we're all going to be cheering for it. Uh, why not? You like, know? Why not? Like it's it's going to be like plus, what is that at right now? It's got to be like plus six eighty five. Like just looking at the plus 13, just six eighty five. I would Come say plus six eighty five. Like plus seven hundred. They would have been like plus ten thousand against Kentucky. I would say oh, here, they, here's plus seventeen hundred against in Kentucky. Here's the line. Odds right now as it stands, it's Purdue minus nine hundred, St. Peter's plus six hundred. Look at that, that's pretty close. <laughs> Not good enough. Look at that my math. A, I can math in my head. Purdue, Purdue has to know. What's the odds that St. Peter's win the Natty? Oh, oh God. They're, they're the worst ones, obviously. But I mean, Leicester City did it in the Premier League. Stop. Get out of here. We don't. No. Nope. What? Nope. Huh? What, what, what does that mean? What, what was that? That is more of a colossal upset, I think. Uh, in what? That, that would be like St. Peter's winning the national is championship in, is in that, basketball. Is that arena football? No, that's that's overseas just straight football. up. Soccer. You know how I feel about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, Purdue's winning tonight, and they have to know that the entire country is cheering against them because everybody wants St. Peter's and the Cinderella, but it ain't happening. Purdue wins tonight easily. The Cinderella story will come to an end for St. Peter's tonight. Let's go and take a quick break. You're listening to On the Line here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central, Alabama. Welcome back into On the Line here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central Alabama. Jacob Goins and Noah Garter with you on the Friday edition of the show. Levi Fitzwater sitting in with us for hour number two here in the studio. We had Lance Dahl in hour number one. Now it's Levi Fitzwater for hour number two. Just a few minutes before we head to the 3.30 break. Phone lines are still open. If you want to call in, give us your opinion about anything going on in the sporting world. We want to hear from you. 334-321-1390 or toll-free at 888-382-7502. The phone lines are open. Trevor's over there desperately waiting for your call. Call in and ask us anything. Talk to us. We want to hear from you. Noah, I put this on the schedule just for you, my friend. Baker Mayfield obviously is not with the cleveland browns they have still well he won't be i don't know that he won't be so where does baker mayfield go now that deshaun watson is the 
is the future oh starter for the Cleveland Browns. Where does Baker Mayfield go? Happened. I forgot. I haven't seen you since What well, happened happen. today? Well, yeah, I haven't seen you since the, the trade was announced. And then Not the happy about it. I would say we. I know your opinions on it. We talked about it last it's week. It's more. When I was here. And, and look, I just want to be honest about it. It's it's more right now. Just look like we don't know enough information about all the stuff going on with Deshaun. But like, I think there at least needed to be some type of loyalty there to Baker Mayfield, and there he wasn't. He, he gutted it. Has anybody cost himself more by trying to be a team guy by gutting it out when he clearly was not a hundred percent? And they were just like. And was top gonna, 10 in QBR the year before. Like People forget yeah. he was a good quarterback two years he was, ago. Yeah, he was top 10 in QBR. He was a really good quarterback His QBR was higher than Deshaun Watson's was that year. And they just forget. And he's won just as much as Deshaun Watson has. Just saying. And the Browns said, see ya. I mean, I think black and yellow looks pretty good on him. I, mean, Pittsburgh, I would agree were, with that. And I'm a Browns fan. You're not, would would, you're not the first one yeah. to say that. He would look good at Pittsburgh, honestly. I think he'd have a shot at winning a Super Bowl in Pittsburgh. You put him in Pittsburgh. Seattle would have interest in him, but I granted that team's in a full rebuild so i don't think they'd pull the trigger the lions could use him uh i mean i don't know if like I, he would help the lions i don't think that pushes them the needle because that's a bad roster but baker mayfield is better than jared goff we know that right like that's obvious yeah yeah i agree I've, i that, think y'all could have used him in new orleans I would, new orleans definitely we could but him. we already have the best quarterback in the nfc south right now so like, we don't <laughs> oh need <my> y'all <laughs> you don't actually believe that do you i 100 percent believe that we were six and two before he got hurt last year what do you mean Obviously, oh my gosh. <laughs> he's eating the W. <laughs> I'm all behind my man Jameis. Obviously, if you're not aware, we're talking about Jameis Winston, who is has been extended by the New Orleans Saints, and Levi is is dead set on him being a fantastic quarterback. Not he, sure about that. He but. was six and two before he got hurt last year. He had a and everybody was like, oh, his interceptions. He had what like a. 10 to 3 touchdown to interception ratio. Because he had 10 TDs to three interceptions through eight games. He all he had was 10 TDs. Six and two. <laughs> After eight games. Six and two. Hey, you know what I He was winning, though. What, You're do right. I, what do I value more than anything? Wins and losses. Yeah. You, Even I, though there are there is a sludge group of people out there that say wins and I losses put, is not a quarterback stat. If I put Joe Flacco's <laughs> rings in a box and I put Dan Marino's rings in a box, who has more rings? Joe one Flacco. Box is, one box is deceptively heavier. <laughs> it is Joe Flacco by mine. You're not wrong. But... To go back on the Baker Mayfield point, Levi, that's not the first time I've heard Baker Mayfield going to Pittsburgh. Obviously, it's not true, or nothing's been said yet, but that wouldn't be a bad fit. I think the Steelers could use him. He's still a good quarterback. But the Steelers aren't going to trade for him. That's the problem. I don't don't think the the Browns would trade I don't think anybody. Exactly. I don't think anybody's going to trade for him. I think what's going to happen is the Browns are just going to – they're going to wait and see. Nobody's going to call, and then they're going to have to release him, and then, bam, somebody's going to pick him up. I think that's what happened. And I mean immediately, boy. I think you could get him for like a third – like the third or fourth or fifth round pick. But why would you do that if you could just wait? If you just wait – That's true. If you wait it out, then – Bam, and get him more, right there. It's a risk. It's a gamble, but I think it could happen. And it's hard giving up a third round pick, especially this year, because Carson Strong's probably going to be there in the third round, and that is a guy. I don't think that his market take. is a third round pick. You think it's lower than that? Yeah, yeah uh, he's got no leverage. That's he's got true. no leverage. Is, when when yeah. both sides want out, third. like uh, when yeah. both sides want out, like Cleveland wants him out and Baker wants out. There's no there's desperation if you've lo- and you've lost all leverage. They know and you know what his contract looks like. They're, they're they, they would rather you tear the piece of paper up that has his contract figure on it I'll, and then them go and set their own terms. I'll tell you this. Just wait until after the first what first drive of the season for Atlanta. Mariota's going to be hurt because that's what he does perpetually, and they'll call for Baker Mayfield. 
Interesting. Just, just look at your fantasy yeah. draft, your little fantasy app. Poor come come uh, this season, you're going to see Q next to Marcus Mariota's name from week one to week 17. So we talked about what teams, what should Baker go to or where Baker might go. And Noah, let me, I'm going to ask you this. He's going to a rebuild. Let's you're, just the, be real. you're the Cleveland Brown fan, right? Where, if you are Baker, right. mate, you are, <laughs> yeah, sorry to, sorry to expose you right. on national radio, but national? If, or, hey, you <laughs> never know. You never know. <laughs> That's fair. You never know. No, it is local, but you never know. Where if you are Baker Mayfield right now, where do you want to go? If you have if the, your pick of the situations around the league right now, where do you want to go? Two years in the past. <laughs> uh, no, just earlier this year and go. You know what? The Houston Texans playing. game uh, uh, earlier this year, right? And he doesn't jettison his left shoulder after yeah. he throws an interception. Just after he gets hurt, just like when he's tackling someone, go. No, I'm good. Yeah, you can have the pick six, bro. You're the Houston Texans. No, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, that's the moment. But legitimately, where do you to answer go my question, here? if you're Baker Mayfield, where do you want to go? Because you're not going to be a Cleveland Brown anymore. The Pittsburgh Steelers and the New York Giants. The Giants. Interesting. I have not heard that one either. I have not heard that one either. But we'll see. Baker Mayfield is more than likely on his way out of Cleveland as Deshaun Watson was introduced from the Cleveland Browns today. Let's take a break. We'll come back and wrap it up for the last 30 minutes of On the Line. Welcome back into On the Line here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central Alabama. Jacob Goins and Noah Gardner with you on the Friday edition of the show. 30 more minutes left on Friday's edition. Then we are out of here for the weekend, but make sure you stay tuned at 4 o'clock. It'll be the drive right after us. If you've missed any of our show, just search on the line wherever you get your podcast. We'll upload it immediately following the show at 4 o'clock. We had Lance Dahl in the studio for hour number one. It's Levi Fitzwater in the studio with us for hour number two. I just made Noah's feelings hurt because I talked about Baker Mayfield again, and he's upset because the Browns... Did him dirty, which they did. They did do him dirty. You said something about Lance Dahl, and I, I wanted to ask before he left, and I forgot. And I'll pose the question to y'all. Does your dad secretly hate you if he gives you hand-me-down referee uniforms? No. No. Nah. I feel no. like I feel like that. I feel like that's secretly hating someone. No. No, that's a shirt you that's a hand-me-down. He's trying to change you, the world for the better. <laughs> that's, that's a true. hand-me-down that you keep in the closet for like a you know, like a memory, but you for, you forget that I hate referees, so it's like I hear ref, my eyes go red. Yeah. Well, the popular... Change the world for the better. The be the change you I, want I should to be see. A referee. You should be a ref. I should go to referee school. You should. You should go be a referee. And the popular opinion referee is that school? officiating... They have referee school, right? Like, no. That's a thing. That's got to be a Why thing. Why do you think refereeing so bad? They don't go to school for I mean, refereeing? They, they have to have some kind of training. You can't just sign up and say, I want to be a, a, a baseball ump. The, I would... I think you can. I think no. you can just say I want to be. And there's got to be some approval process. You got to know it. I would have a documentary or an ESPN 30 for 30 about myself within the next like 15, 20 years if I was a ref because I would be so corrupt. You telling me they come walking with some bags of money at me? Oh, I'm fine calling games so hard. Ooh. This is going to be in set 30 for 30 now that he's put that <laughs> evidence on live recording. And that's oh, exactly. on our show. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> I'm letting you know. I'm letting you know ahead of time. If you walk me, whoever's got the most money, that's it. Well, I, I think they're, uh, wait, they're wait your chances of being an official. I'm just going to go ahead and say to, that. I think we need to mute you for a little bit. We, <laughs> yep, that yeah, was a maniacal laugh. Yep. Well, his, his mic is now turned off. So <laughs> I do want to talk about 
the news that came out yesterday because I was not on yesterday's show. Of course, I was calling Lee Scott Baseball out at Springwood. But the news about Devin Cambridge is in the transfer portal. Was it something that we saw coming? Probably. It was, it was, he was one of the three that I think are going to transfer. Not that I want them to because I like everybody on this basketball team. But I think we, we saw... We saw it in the in the future of Devin Cambridge probably transferring, and now he wants to go play with his brother somewhere. That's the the report that's coming out. There's rumors that he was extremely unhappy with the team and the coaching. I don't know if that's true, but I think just with his playing time not being what he wanted it to be, I think that this news, it was not surprising when I saw it. I think there's two other players that I expect to see in the transfer portal in the next couple of weeks for Auburn, but Devin Cambridge in the portal again I saw it coming I like the guy I think he gave great energy he was a fantastic athlete has some surreal highlight dunks for Auburn his energy that he brought when he came onto the floor was something that Auburn will definitely miss it'll be hard to replace something like that but I think his shooting woes down the stretch really hurt him and got the best of him when it came to his playing time came to his impact on this team when he was on the floor Auburn will miss Devin Cambridge, but I hope the best for him. I hope he goes on and does something, goes to get to play with his brother. Those those things, you know, he's doing the best thing for him. Um, but I can't say that I was too overly shocked about it. Yeah, I mean, that was I saw it come across, and I wasn't really even really shocked. I kind of saw this coming as well. It just kind of felt like something that maybe did not seeing it coming, but it felt like something that had a real possibility of happening once the season ended. And I just felt it because of – Look, Devin Cambridge is a talented guy, and in this situation, in this age where you can enter the transfer portal and get some immediate playing time, you want to be able to showcase your skills. If the goal at the end of the day is to get to the next level or to maximize your playing time, you're going to go somewhere where you're going to play more. And I, like I like, I'm, they're going to miss his energy, but I feel like it's clear that Auburn, moving forward from this, they're going to. It looks like they want to address three point shooting. Because Devin Cambridge, you know, was what twenty two percent in his career it, from it, the three point yeah. line. So it was like, rough, especially down the stretch. Yeah, you. It, it, that's something that's been bad for Auburn, especially like this year, and that's something that, like in the Pearl era, we Auburn's kind of hung their hat on. Like they've been a you know above average three point shooting team, but not so well, not so much this year. It just feels like something that Cambridge wants to go somewhere where he can get some more playing time. We'll see where he's gonna go. If he goes plays with a brother, that'd be pretty cool for him. But, you know, I hope I wish the best of luck for him, but it, it does feel like that's the right move for him just to get some more playing time. Well, I mean, look at it this way. He was a starter on this team at one point, and yep. he still feels that he can be a starter somewhere else. Maybe not at the Auburn level, but maybe just down a little bit. He still feels, and I think he still could be a starter somewhere at a different school playing a different role on a basketball team than what he was doing with Auburn. Because, yes, his minutes obviously took a hit when – more athletes and quote-unquote you know some better players came into the program yeah his minutes took a hit and but again I think it goes back to his performance on the floor him shooting the basketball it wasn't good guys let's just be real it was not good when he was on the floor I liked his energy his rebounding his dunking all of that was super cool and I think he gave good effort and good energy on the floor but at the end of the day like Noah said, Auburn has got to address their three-point shooting woes. And Levi said that. <laughs> or Levi said that. My bad. My bad. Oh, you agreed with it. My I bad. did. Yeah, you agreed. My bad, Levi. You did say that. <laughs> Levi said it. Noah agreed with it. I'm, I'm doubling down on it. Auburn's got to address the three-point shooting woes, right? And 
this is one of them. Now, whether this was a situation of the coaches saying, hey, like, this may be time that this relationship ends, or if Devin just decided it was time for him to go, we don't know. We don't know how that situation went down. But I'm happy for him. I hope that he goes on and does whatever he needs to do. There's, I don't think there's any hard feelings when it comes from fans or coaches, but there could be. You never know. But I like Devin Camers to go and be somewhere and be his style of player in a different system because I think it can work. He's the explosive guy off the wing. If he improves his three-point shooting, he can be a lot better player, but he can be that high-efficient rebounder, high-energy guy on the floor, highlight real dunk type of guy, alley-oop in transition. He can still be that style of player. But the way that Auburn basketball was going right now, he can't be. And I don't think he was – his minutes were not going to go up from here. How much playing time does Devin Cambridge get at any of the other major powers in college basketball? It just – yeah. I mean, it just depends. I mean, that's why I'm saying I think if but he But on goes, average, he doesn't – he doesn't he would, he would barely play. A exactly. Lot of, at a lot of places at – at the level that Auburn wants to be at, the schools that are on that level, he just, he just wouldn't have played at a, at a whole lot of those he's not. He's just not that high enough of a of – a, player to compete on a team where Auburn is trying to be or if not already there Auburn is a, a is a, a legitimate now it's about doing it consistently team yes that now it's about consistency and guys that have built this program to where it is like a Devin Cambridge like for him specifically for an example he's been great for Auburn he's been a fantastic Auburn man he's been a great player for this team but Auburn is entering this and may already be there into that realm of players like Devin Cambridge they don't get playing time on a team like this that is going to make a legitimate run at a national championship. That's nothing against guys like him. That's nothing against Devin Cambridge personally, but he shot like 15% from three in SEC play. That's not good. That's not good enough for a starter or a bench player on a top tier SEC team that's trying to make a run in March. And so, you know, I, I hope Devin gets it figured out. I hope he can get his shot back because he has shown he can knock it down, right? He can shoot when he at well, times at, for, at, when he started Auburn's 34 percent after his first year went down to 22 percent before it was all over with uh, going back to the conversation that Trevor and I had earlier this week about like has Auburn really truly developed a shooter other than Bryce Brown and Jared Harper which once again I just think those guys became more consistent they already came in with that ability they, they didn't like go from not being able to shoot to being able to shoot that's not what happened and the same thing I had someone bring up last night I went to go and watch the basketball games and the soccer game last night and uh one of my good friends did mention Chumo Kiki and I was like yeah he he definitely improved his field goal percentages from the next from his one year to his second year but I also think Auburn didn't have to do anything other than encourage him to take more shots I, just I think Chuma just Chuma already had that Bruce was already talking about Chuma as an NBA player when he was a freshman so like I, I don't think that this team has truly fixed someone's broken offensive game before and so Look, after three years of Devin Cambridge, you know who he is. And I think he got better in other areas of his game, just not offense. And at the end of the day, like, let's just be real. That's the most important piece of basketball is can you score? And if you can't score, you can't be on the floor for me. And and I, and you also got to be able to play defense. But And Bruce is, I think, you know, he'll, he'll play someone who can't play defense, maybe not as a starter, somebody you still may be able to get minutes if you can score. But at the end of the day, the two most important things in basketball is can you score and can you play defense? And if you can't do both of those things at a consistent level, you out. And I'm not saying that's what's happened here, but like playing time, definitely like his offensive and defensive ability and defense got better, but his offense was enough of a liability to where it's, it's hard to justify putting him on the floor. And at the level that Auburn is at now, that's exactly right. 
And <clears throat> sorry, when and when Devin Cambridge, his offensive woes continued, and they never they did get better. They went down. You're not going to play, and you're not you're not going to consistently play at all. And Auburn, it's crazy to think that Auburn basketball is to the point where they can say, no, we don't. You're not going to play on our team because you don't meet our standards anymore. That's crazy to think about, right? But that's what you have to do if you want to win championships or compete for championships. Guys like Devin Cambridge, when they underperform, they've got to be let go. I want to ask you guys this before we head to break in a couple of minutes. Now that Devin Cambridge is gone, I think a couple other players will probably transfer out in the next couple of weeks. I don't want to say who because I don't want it to come off as I want them to leave because I like everybody on the team, right? Where does Auburn go to replace Devin Cambridge. We talked about this a little bit in hour one, but South I do Carolina want to talk about it again. Eric Stevenson. You go, you go out there to Stevenson. You get a guy who can shoot who you've already – they're one of the few teams that have contacted him, right? Like, I'm not wrong Yeah, I'm about that. to go and get his list. Yeah, like – But Auburn for sure has. That's for yes. sure. They definitely have. Auburn for sure has, and that's a guy that they've talked to. So, you look at, at that regard, that's a guy who can fix one of the problems you have. You have a problem where you can't shoot, and he can help, he can help alleviate that a little bit. And Auburn has had a, a struggle with guys being a threat from the perimeter, not just shooting the ball, but even playmaking from the perimeter as well. You saw this season, it was the guards outside the perimeter and then Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler on the inside or Cardwell, whoever was in. But there was no action from the perimeter to go inside. It was one or the other is what it seemed like for a lot. And Auburn could use that type of threat who not only could shoot, but also could make some plays from the perimeter, dribble drives and laying it in or kicking it out for a better shot or getting better ball movement. I think he can be that style of player. That's what Auburn needs for sure. Uh, so he's heard from Arkansas. This is according to uh, Stock Risers, that Twitter account, which I mean, they're pretty plugged in. Let's, let's be real. Uh, Arkansas, West Virginia, Creighton, Auburn, Clemson, Ole Miss, and Pittsburgh. So the two that separate themselves from that entire group would be Auburn and Arkansas. And then the next tier, I would argue uh, Creighton and Clemson and West Virginia maybe, and then Ole Miss and Pittsburgh are probably the the bottom tier of teams. But then again, you don't know what he's looking for. You don't know what each of those teams is selling him as far as a role. Like at Auburn, I think he ends up being a role player. At Arkansas, I think he's a role player. At all these other locations, he could end up being a starter, right? And so does that weigh out for him going to, what, his like fourth different school now? Because uh, he's been at South Carolina, Wichita State, and Washington, going to his fourth school. Like, he may want to go and be the dude there, right? But he averaged over 11 points a game at South Carolina this year and 4.7 rebounds. I uh, definitely think he could come and fulfill Devin Cambridge's role as a role player, and instantly Auburn's bench becomes better with Eric Stevenson. I agree. I mean, I think, but I think if he goes to Arkansas, couldn't you see him possibly becoming the guy? How many, what does he have? One year of eligibility left? Two years, maybe? What's he have? I'm not really sure, but. He's just one year. I think he's going into like his fifth yeah. or sixth year. Well, that's year. what I was about to say. So, but couldn't you see him becoming the guy at one of those other schools like you mentioned? I think he could. It depends on if he wants to go and be the guy somewhere and drop 20 points a night but not win on a highest level like Auburn can or Arkansas can of course going to the Elite Eight now it depends on what he wants if he comes to Auburn or Arkansas and again you have to add Arkansas to this point because the Razorbacks are in the Elite Eight they are farther than any team in the SEC I think he's got one year left because he's already played four in college basketball at three yeah. different locations. Now I wanted so this to ask is grad you that. transfer territory. Is that not a bad sign? I'm not. I don't know anything about the guy. I don't know any of his history or anything. Why he transferred out or anything. But four schools in four years is that not a, a sign of of something or is it nothing? What do you guys think? Mercenary. 
He just wants to go and shoot the basketball. Fair enough. No, I mean, is that does that not at least say like, hmm, you know, like why why have you had to go to four different schools now in four years of college? It may just be it may just be unlucky. He found four schools, three schools at the point at right now, but he will have a fourth that didn't work out. It very well could be that, but that does sort of concern me a little bit of well, why are you having to transfer four times Wichita in four State years? Coaching change, and I'm about to go and do research on Washington. Okay, his last year at Wichita State, his head coach he committed to play for got fired. Um, Greg Marshall, you remember yep. Greg with two G's? Greg with two G's. Um, and there was stuff surrounding him, like stuff that was not a good look yeah, for that program that, about him. bad bad things. Yeah, bad yeah, things. And, yeah, bad and things. So, um, so that one's that one can be that one's excusable. That's, that's, a, that's that one's understandable. Excusable. That one that one's very understandable. And then I need to see Washington basketball well, coaching a, yeah. history. He's from <laughs> he's from Washington, so like it would make sense. Maybe he wanted to stay hometown. Maybe he just didn't like that field. Yeah, and and like I said, maybe it really is just an an or a a coincidence that he went to three different schools and it just didn't work out. Maybe all oh. three schools fired their head coach. You well, know I mean, what I mean? I mean South Carolina. They you know they're getting rid of their head coach. So, I mean. He might have just got a rough deal. It kind of like looking very at some well of these, could be. It might like at least with two of them, you know, he got a rough deal. With exactly, Wichita and South Carolina. You can look at both those situations and be like, "Yeah, that makes sense." I yeah, I'd want to leave too if the coach I came here for is leaving. Exactly, and and I compare it to something like a a professional player, whether it's the NBA or the NFL, when they switch teams like every year, you know, and they're they're getting released and picked up by different teams and released Journeyman. and picked up by okay. different teams. To be fair, he left Washington. Uh, Washington's head coach is still there. Should he be is another question because his last year at Washington, they went 5-21. and 21. Hey, Yikes. He gets guys to the NBA, but uh, he does nothing with it. Yeah, so I don't know. That, that was the biggest thing for me was when you tell me that he's going to his fourth school in four years, that five kind years. of five years, that worries me a little bit, but it sounds like he was just in some rough situations, and, and he just lost another head coach. He just lost another head coach. He just wants to go somewhere and win. But he's man. also, a, I also think he, I'm also pretty sure he's a graduate transfer in this case, and it, like you got to go somewhere else when you're a grad transfer. His favorite ice cream is also mint chocolate chip. You have to take that into account too. How that, do you know that? That that's it says it on it says, it says it on South Carolina's basketball page. The it, do, how do you feel about mint chocolate chip ice cream? Love mint chocolate chip ice cream. See? My man. See? Love mint chocolate got chip. Got it in my freezer right now. It's a little old, but I got it in my freezer right now. Got, hey, that I, may make it a little better. I think I've got some in my freezer. I haven't been eating I haven't been eating sugars and carbs the past like two and a half weeks. But I'm, real, I'm really I sorry. Haven't. Really sorry for your loss, man. Yeah, it's it, it's hard. But <laughs> I've lo- I've lost the belt loop. Uh, I've went down on a belt loop. So that's we're, good. we're making some progress. Heck yeah, man. That's good. I hate mint chocolate chip, dude. I hate I like the chocolate chip. I just don't like mint stuff really. I mean I don't want to eat Nine, I don't want to eat cold toothpaste one, for dessert. Let's just one. you know if I want some toothpaste, I'll brush my teeth. But, no, I, I agree. Auburn's got to go somewhere to get Devin Cambridge his replacement. But I think this would be a, a fantastic guy to go out and get. He can shoot the ball. A playmaker, I think, for 2. Auburn. 2.3 assists per, exactly. per, uh, across his career per game. A I playmaker. Mean, Not just a shooter. That's the biggest thing. He's also a 6'4 guard. So, I mean, he's, he, I, I think he's got some ability to handle the basketball. Like, I think this helps out the backcourt if he comes. It definitely helps out the bench 100%. Auburn needs that type of guy. And I said it before. I'm going to say it again. Not just a guy that can shoot, but a guy that can make plays from the outside, dribble drive, kick it out, lay it in, do whatever. A playmaker on the wing that can come in and be an immediate impact. Let's head to break, and we'll come back. And we'll wrap up the Friday edition of On the Line. Welcome back into On the Line here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central Alabama. 
just a few more minutes before we get out of here for the weekend. We'll be back on Monday, though, so make sure you tune in here on Monday, 2 to 4 p.m. right here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central Alabama. If you've missed any of our show today with Lance Dahl in hour number one, Levi Fitzwater in hour number two, just search on the line wherever you get your podcast. We're going to go and upload it immediately following our show. But guys, do you have any final takes? Man, we got a few more minutes before we head to before we head to the break and we get out of here for the weekend. You guys got a final take? Okay, what about this? What teams are we going to have in the Final Four come Monday? Well, I can tell you who can win tonight. Then I can tell you the Final Four. Okay. Purdue, obviously. And then you got Providence, obviously. Providence, Kansas, Battle of the Frauds. But I think Kansas is less fraudulent than Providence. I'll take Kansas, minus seven tonight. And then UCLA, North Carolina. You know the age-old saying. Everybody says it. If you want to get rid, if you want to beat Mick Cronin in the NCAA tournament, you're going to have to kill Mick Cronin. I know Noah Gardner loves that one. He says it too all the time. He takes spreads. He takes it to me. He takes it to me in the middle of the night sometimes because he can't stop saying it to himself. Not true. It's Not very, true at all. Very but true. But yeah, UCLA minus two and a half. I did text it to you last year. I don't think North Carolina has the guts or the guile to kill Mick Cronin. I just don't so, think says they do. the Duke fan in the room. I just yeah. don't think they do it. And then the my favorite one, Cyclones, Hurricanes. In Chicago, the Windy City. Oh, this one's gonna be a breeze. I'm oh. excited about this one. Get boots. I'll take I'll take the Cyclones. I know I'm unpopular here. I'll take the Cyclones plus the three. I don't think they win. But you I'll may take be the, the only you may be the only person in America besides an Iowa State Cyclone fan taking the Cyclones. Tonight. I mean, Miami is just they've they've improved so much under Jen Laraniaga this year that it's Laraniaga. Laraniaga. There's a there's an there, there, there is a tilde over the end. There's a tilde over there, Jim Laraniaga. I don't know. Little there is a tilde over the end. But anyway. so a Good coach. He's improved over this there, year. So those are Levi's <laughs> picks. So, gentlemen, who's going to be our final four come Monday? Who's it going to be? Duke. Oh, There man. you go. Purdue. Duke, Purdue, Houston, and Kansas. Not bad. National championship. No, we got next week to talk about that. No, well, we come in on Monday. They're not going to play the final four. That's before right. Then. That's right. I was like, wait a minute. What? The Elite Eight says we can the last game of the Sweet 16. I, Elite Eight. <laughs> I'm about to ruin everything oh, right now, God. but I still have brackets that have like national champions and final fours intact. Like I have one that has Duke, UCLA, Houston. Oh, okay. And somebody else. <laughs> I, I see you over there. But You're the cockroach that survived the nuclear apocalypse. Good for you, bud. I, I somehow did. So my bracket, like the first few weeks, I, it was like 20% right. I was like dead last. And now all of a sudden, I had the ice cube. If you use I had the ice cube. I had the ice cube. Now all of a sudden, I've got a fire next to my yeah. name. Because I came back and started getting all the other ones. And I'm like, whoa. I'm not going to lie. I haven't looked at my ESPN bracket since the first day of the tournament. I just gave up on it. Because it was a disaster. But Wait till Duke gets put out and then I'll be sad. Duke, Villanova, Purdue, Kansas. There it is. That's the Friday edition of On the Line. We'll be back on Monday. We'll talk about the Final Four. Thank you to Lance Dong and Levi Fitzwater. Take it easy. Stay safe. We'll talk to you later.